It's Big 12 Championship Week, baby. Let's do it. Man, oh, man, we're going to get both sides of this thing. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12 top to bottom. We'll start off with K-State. Tim Fitzgerald, gopowercat.com. Those guys do outstanding, outstanding work covering the Kansas State Wildcats. So be sure to go check them out. And by the way, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we are giving away a pair, well, two pairs of uh, Big 12 championship game tickets. One to a K-State fan, one pair to a TCU fan. Go to the website on the homepage, heartlandcollegesports.com, and uh, you can follow the instructions on how to win. you got to subscribe to our YouTube page. you got to subscribe to our K-State podcast that's done by one of our guys, Joe Tillery. It's called the Everything Emaw Podcast. And then our uh, social media as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So go to the website. You'll find out how to win those Big 12 championship game tickets. We'll announce a winner on Thursday night this week. Now, with that being said, let's get to our pal, Tim Fitzgerald, here on the show. Uh, Tim, let's just start here. We all knew that Chris Kleiman, it felt like, needed this kind of season uh, going into 2022 how much has he exceeded those expectations based on what you thought was going to be the season for the Wildcats back in August? You know, I thought this was a 9-3 and three team, and I thought the over-under for win totals at 6.5, and, and I think at one point it was at 5.5, was outrageously low for K-State. What I didn't expect along that journey was a loss to Tulane, which made us all doubt the journey early in the season. And... Um, you know, even though I got the nine and three right, I didn't expect a seven and two in the conference. I thought six and three, and in the tiebreaker, maybe getting beat out or getting into the title game, depending on how that broke for K State. I certainly didn't expect TCU to be atop the pile, but here we are. Um, K State ends up at nine and three. They do earn that second spot in the Big Twelve Championship, and this team's playing pretty good football. They need to shore up some things on defense before Saturday, but I know they're capable of doing that. And certainly the insertion of Will Howard into this lineup has brought new life to the team. Not that it was a bad team with Adrian Martinez. I I liked Adrian as a quarterback, but Will's playing at next level stuff right now. He's just putting it all out there on the field, making throws that I honestly haven't seen a K-State quarterback make in many, many years. And it's fun brand of football. The team's playing with a lot of rhythm, a lot of confidence, and they're going to need every bit of that to beat TCU on Saturday. Well, what – I mean – Tim, I didn't think that Will Howard, based on the sample size we had seen on and off the last couple of years, backing up, you know, Skylar Thompson, it seemed like he got injured every other week. I, I, I didn't think that Will Howard could quarterback a Power 5 team to a bowl game, never mind potentially win a Big 12 championship. What happened this offseason, and why did, and I say nobody, but nobody outside of Manhattan know exactly what this guy was capable of? Well, Chris Kleiman all last year, and he got made fun of it, called Will Howard the best backup in college football. Then we see him on the field, and I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's good coach speak, but there's no reality to it. Now we see what he was seeing in practice, a, a guy that has now translated the confidence he had on the practice field to the game field, and it's clear that the game has, excuse the cliche, but it's really what happens, slow down for Will Howard. It's you can watch him process the information he's taking in from what the defense is doing pre-snap and post-snap and going through his progressions and, and then just firing the ball, getting ready to just cut it loose. It's an amazing amount of progress he's made. Uh, he's gone from a guy that I questioned, you know, belonged at the Power Five, maybe even 
you know, he, he needed to go down to the FCS level to now I think we all look at the Will Hart we're seeing on Saturdays and think, well, how long is this guy going to stay before he goes to the NFL? That's how big a gap it is between what we had seen and what we're now seeing. Now, do you think, and I don't know if we'll ever know the answer, but just from Tim Fitzgerald's perspective here, uh, did Chris Kleiman, if there's any critique of the coaching staff this season, is it sticking with Adrian Martinez for too long? I don't know about that. I know some people want to second guess putting Adrian back in at the Texas game, but um, I also feel like they were still clinging to the hope of maybe keeping a red shirt on Will for uh, three more seasons instead of two more. But now that just seems moot, not only because Adrian got hurt again, but is he really going to stick around three seasons? Is that a realistic expectation for a guy that could play at this level? I, I, I think they might be lucky to have him after this next season. I mean, trying to get him to 2024 might be interesting. So maybe they did. And I know this, when Adrian comes back and is able to play, which I expect to be the bowl game, unless he's put into an emergency situation this weekend, and even then I don't know if he's available. But when he is available, they're going to find some time for him. They're not going to start him. No, Will's Will's made that very clear. He's the starter now, and I think everyone knows it, including probably Adrian. But he's been very supportive of Will Howard, as Will was supportive of Adrian. It's a really cool relationship for two guys that didn't know each other before, you know, the start of the calendar year. It's it's really kind of fun to watch. But if they get to a bowl game, they're going to find some way to get Adrian in the game. He's never played in a bowl. That was a big reason why he came to K-State. And I know Chris Kleiman will make that happen. And maybe it's as simple as, you know, replicating how KU used Jason Bean with Jalen Daniels on Saturday against K-State. Just a few snaps, throw a pass here and there, run the ball, uh, do your thing, and and, uh, let's let Will try to win this game. All right, so now you look at this game on Saturday. Uh, What concerns you most about TCU going into this one, Tim? Well, the same things that gave K-State and everyone else trouble. This is the most fast and physical team in the Big 12 this year. And sometimes you have a fast team and a physical team, and they're two different teams. They're all in one. And that's why they came through this rugged, brutal, unbelievable Big 12 schedule unbeaten. They have persisted. They have enough depth to get them through. They've kept their quarterback healthy. That's made a huge difference. Not many teams have been able to say that, particularly after playing TCU. Um, So their physicality and speed has to be a concern for K-State. And trying to stay healthy through the course of this game and matching that physicality, I'm not sure they can match the speed, particularly with their injuries at safety, but K-State has to be physical so the speed is less of a factor than it was in game one. Um, it's gonna. This is going to be a tussle. These two teams are going to just go at it, and um, I think this is by far the best conference championship game on the slate. I don't think it's even close. I totally agree with you. <laughs> what What should K State fans be most optimistic about in terms of why they can pull off this upset? Well, recall that first game when K State had so many issues, not just offensively in the second half, but defensively getting the Frogs off the field as they lost watch player after player leave the field injured. But getting Daniel Deuce Green back at middle linebacker, because he was out and then he was out for a few games after that, is huge. It's enormous. He's he's the heart and soul of that front of that defense. And when you're talking about Kendra Miller in, in this running game, he's the guy that can be the point of attack, and he wasn't there in the second half. But also other guys weren't out there. So I think K-State is, is better prepared now for the type of game that will be played. 
Um, and, you know, to TCU's side of things, they'll be better prepared for Will Howard. They came out in the second half and did a better job. But honestly, Pete, I think we can all agree K-State let up off the gas late in the second quarter in the first half and, and never got the momentum back and just played catch-up the rest of the game as TCU just, just took over the game. It was incredible to watch. And that was the TCU team that that's how they've earned this 12-0. and That's how they might earn 13-0. and And that's how they might earn a national title. They just keep going. They play the entire game, and they do it with speed and physicality. Tim, I just saw this um, earlier in the day, and that's uh, Deuce Vaughn getting a Porsche through an NIL deal. Does that mean he's coming back? Does Does Deuce have one more year in him in Manhattan, or are we reading into that too much? Well, he had been driving a Hellcat Charger, a purple one, and I'm wondering if the car dealer sold it. And so they just upgraded him to a Porsche for the rest of the year. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, it's 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 good for Deuce. I mean, me trying to get in and out of a Porsche just won't work. <laughs> but Deuce, he steps up into that Porsche and drives it like uh, the same way he runs. That's pretty cool. Uh, Deuce is such a good kid. I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, I would love it if it meant he was coming back, but I don't think there's any chance of that. I uh, I would agree with that. You know, I know you uh, like the Big 12, Tim. You uh, defend the Big 12 when it comes to the national conversation. What do you think about this game? If if K-State wins TCU, should they stay in the college football playoff, or are they out? Boy, here I go. Here I go. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're out. I, I think they're out. No. Not because of their resume, not because they're not deserving, but because of the brand. Um, and this is my ongoing problem with college football and what TV has done to it. Nobody can grow a brand right now because all they want is the 1970s brands. Um, that's all they want. They want Ohio State, USC, Georgia. You know, you just go down the list. Michigan, this is what they want. Um, and maybe you had Clemson, and they weren't a 70s brand as much, but Florida State's kind of the same way. If they can get those brands, they're just happy. So if they can get a loss on TCU, I know there'll be downward pressure on the committee to say, hey, let's, let's add Ohio State. It's good for ratings. You know what? Your TV ratings should have no play in what happens in these playoff games. The four most deserving teams need to be paired up, and the number one seed needs to play the number four seed. And don't shuffle it around so you don't have a rematch in the semifinals. Go let the best teams. I would love it if they – they tied themselves to blind resumes because if they tied themselves to blind resumes, TC would be ranked number one and would have no doubt win or lose unless they're blown out on Saturday, which I don't see happening. They should be in the conference or they in the college football playoff, period, end of story. Uh, that's interesting. So you think it's not that they won't be deserving of being in. You just think the brand thing is going to hurt them a la mm-hmm. maybe 2014. But at least this time around, yeah. they have a conference championship game. Right. Right, and it's so much like that. They got left out because they didn't have a conference championship game, so they put in Ohio State. Yeah. Now, if they lose the conference championship game, they're going to lose that spot to a team named Ohio State that sat out a conference championship game. See how the rules work for Ohio State and how the rules work for TCU? No, you're right. Uh, You are are speaking my language, brother. I could totally agree with you on that. Now, I – I'm optimistic that they'll stay in, but you're right. I mean, if they find a way to put Ohio State in this thing, it seems like they want to do it, they're going to do it. Do you think some of that is like the people in charge of college football, they wax poetic about those 1970s-era powerhouses? I mean, what what is it? Uh, 
that I guess so. I mean, we see it with national sports writers that can't see anything beyond a brand, um, you know, because it's self-serving for them. And so much of this is self-serving. They want to go to to Ohio State and Michigan to cover football games, not Fort Worth and Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That's not what they want. Yeah, that's not in their interest. So they continue to you know circle around those brands that they're just intrinsically better. They're, they just got to be better because. They're USC, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia, and Alabama. And while there might be some truth to that, they do get the better players, it doesn't mean they're the best teams. And again, can we please remove the brand names from this and just go by resume and pick the four best? All right, Tim, give me a prediction for Saturday's game. Uh, K-State, TCU, Arlington, Texas, Jerry World, Big 12 Championship. What do you think happens? Well, you know, the old cliche, it's hard to beat a team twice uh, in the same season. That doesn't apparently apply to the NFL. But um, <laughs> it is, it's hard to do in college football because it doesn't happen very often. But if there's a team equipped to beat someone twice, it's TCU because of everything I said. They just persist and they're physical and they play their style of football and they don't give up. They find a way to win, ask Baylor. Um, but I also think the K-State team has developed a lot of those traits. What happened to them uh, – in the second half at TCU and then in the first half in Manhattan against Texas were big lessons for this team about playing a complete game. Pete, I've seen them play a complete game against Oklahoma State and Baylor, and they beat two really pretty good teams uh, handily. And um, I think they're going to come out and play a much closer to complete game on Saturday, and I think K-State wins a very close game and earns that Sugar Bowl. Doesn't back in as a replacement for TCU, earns their spot in the Sugar Bowl as Big 12 champion. There you go. You heard it from Tim Fitzgerald. Go Power Cat right here on the show. Doing great job covering uh, Kansas State each and every day. Go check out the site, especially if you're a K-Stater. you got to get over there. Hey, Tim, great to have you on. Enjoy the weekend, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, my friend. Good to talk to you. He's the man, Tim Fitzgerald. Go Power Cat. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, do me a solid. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review on this show on iTunes. It helps us. Grow the show. We do it organically with you, and it has become the uh, most listened to and top-rated podcast covering the Big 12 Conference. So thank you for that. Uh, Find us on YouTube as well, and don't forget we're giving away two pairs of tickets to the Big 12 Championship game this weekend. Directions on how to win at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate all you guys. Great week ahead. Thanks to Tim Fitzgerald, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.